and this is your Friday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Good show coming up. I say that like there aren't good shows. They're all good shows, right? I hope they are. You wouldn't still be listening if they weren't. But really good one coming up here in a little bit. Um, talk to both Marcus Fuller, our Gophers basketball beat writer here at the Star Tribune, and Jamison Battle, one of the newest members of the Gophers men's basketball team, transferred from George Washington back to the Gophers. So we'll talk to Jamison and Marcus here in just a couple of minutes. But first, what did I miss? Well, the Twins uh, mercifully had the day off Thursday, but it was still an active day as they uh, get ready to, to come back home and play games here on Friday. Alex Kirilov, the much-discussed outfielder, first baseman, he's coming up, finally. Whether this was uh, service time manipulation, whether they just thought they had the best 26 players to start the season and, and you know Kirilov needed to get, get some more seasoning, that, that piece of it uh, is, is behind us. The service time doesn't matter now because uh, they're, they're past that window, so he's safe to come up if that was a part of the plan. But he's here. He's going to be here Friday. And it sounds like Nick Gordon, a uh, long-mentioned prospect who's never really been able to bro- break through, sounds like Nick Gordon is going to be here as well. So what does that mean? Um, I mean, it kind of means when, when you're calling up a couple of young guys that early, I mean, Kirilov is not a surprise, I would say, right? Because... We thought he would be here sooner than later, you know, that it wouldn't take that long for him to get here based on how much confidence they seem to have in him. I mean, they started him, don't don't forget, they started him in the, the elimination game against the Astros in the playoffs last year. That That's how highly they think of Alex Kirilov. So, you know, if if they, if they think that highly enough of, of him, they obviously have him in their long-term plan. So he's, he's here now, Miguel Sano on the disabled list. So I imagine you'd see a decent amount of Kirilov at first base where he's played quite a bit in the minors and then in spring training. Um, you can still see him in the outfield because they need some help there. Max Kepler on the uh, on the COVID list there. Um, so hopefully we're going to get a good long look on at Kirilov. Hopefully, you know, when you get called up, you're not going to be going back and forth, back and forth. If you play well, he's, he could be up here for the next 10 to 15 years, not the next 10 to 15 days. So I'm excited to see that. I'm also excited to see you know, what uh, What what they have in Nick Gordon, we've been waiting for him for a long time. He was a number five overall pick, you know, six, seven years back. Had stalled a little bit, had a pretty good year uh, in the minors in 2019, but then, you know, the wiped out year of 2020 um, that just, you know, decimated a lot of, of you know, the, the momentum of a lot of minor league players. So what what's he able to add to the mix? What What is he... What does he bring to this team that they maybe are lacking? You know, it doesn't have to be star potential. If even if he even if he supplies, you know, a few a few good things, that that's that's a lot more than we've seen uh, from from some of this uh, from some of what else we've seen on the field. So, the other thing I want to mention though is it does feel desperation is the wrong word, but if everything was going right, I don't think we'd be seeing an influx of youth already in April. And if everything was going well, I don't think we'd be seeing a move that some could see as a distraction. Um, this early. Um, if it is a distraction, it's a wonderful one. Uh, it's much more interesting to think about how these young prospects might fare on the field mixed in with a lot of other good players. Let's not forget this is still a roster with a lot of talent. But if this is a distraction to make us forget about 1-9 and nine in the last 10 games, well, that's just the nature of it, right? we we got to live with uh, the, the sleight of hand because it's working. I, I, this is what I want to talk about right now more than the 0-4 road trip. We got into that all, all day all day long on Thursday's podcast with Megan Ryan. Let's see what this this you know these these guys can bring to the mix here. See if they're they're able to jumpstart things in any way. 
Um, you know, and see if this team can just get on track and kind of wipe away whatever just happened in the last 10, 11 games, because that, that doesn't feel like it was a true representation of this team. I don't know if my perception of this team has changed a ton from the start of the year, but I'm, I'm definitely more worried at this point about the season going south for an extended period of time. So they need to kind of get that turned around. It doesn't have to be today. It doesn't have to be in the next, you know, two or three or four days. But you want to see some evidence in the next three to five weeks that this isn't that the first three weeks weren't indicative of how they're going to play over the course of the season. So maybe these young guys are a piece of making that happen. I'm Nyla Jean Myers, Senior Assistant Sports Editor at the Star Tribune. Thank you for listening to Strip Sports Daily Delivery. This work is made possible by our Star Tribune subscribers. For unlimited access to the articles mentioned in this podcast and our coverage of Minnesota sports from pros to preps, go to startribune.com slash subscribe. I'm really happy to be joined on Daily Delivery today by both Marcus Fuller, who covers Gophers men's basketball for the Star Tribune, and Jameson Battle, one of the newest members of the Gophers. Uh, Marcus and Jameson, uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's good to be back. I love talking Gopher hoops in the offseason. I do too. It's it's almost more fun, right? When you don't have to worry about like, wow, what happened? Who? Why didn't you get that rebound? Like, we can just kind of chat, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll jump in right away. Um, Jameson, you know, welcome to uh, welcome back. I guess you you spent your first two college seasons at George Washington. You are back. Familiar De La Salle uh, coaches uh, faces on the staff with uh, you know Ben Johnson and uh, Dave Thorson having some connections there. Just maybe walk me through right at the outset, kind of the decision uh, you made to uh, to transfer and then come back here to, uh, to to Minnesota. Yeah, it was something that that I had in the back of my mind, you know, knowing that the the one time transfer was going to pass, but it was just something I had thought of, you know, playing playing these games for GW and it, and then it just worked out. I mean, Ben was recruited me. He was one of the first calls I took when he was at Xavier and then him coming, coming here to Minnesota kind of just made it sweeter. You know, I, I had built a relationship because he was actually the first coach that, that came and watched me in open gym. I think it was in 10th grade when I was at Benilde. And it, it kind of just shows that, that the relationship we have and the relationship that we, we can continue, continue to build. And I'm, I'm excited for where this program is going to go. And I think it's like, a, like, like I've told other people, it's, it's hard to pass up. Uh, playing, not playing at home, you know, playing at home in front of your family is, is something cool. And then just the history that the barn has playing in there when I was a, a junior and senior in high school for the first strong game of state. So it's just, I'm, I'm excited. What's the the history with uh, Dave Thorson? I mean, you guys got De La Salle U now with, with the Gophers, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, Ben obviously played for Thorson and I believe Thorson uh, had already left De La Salle right when, uh, when you got there. So what's, what's your relationship like with him? Yeah, so I've known him uh, for for a long time. You know, I've used to go to De La Salle camps when I was younger. Uh, just so happened that for from seventh grade to tenth grade, when Coach Thorson was there, I was at Benilde, and then I kind of made the decision uh, during my tenth grade year that I was going to transfer to De La Salle. And it, it happened that he he took the job at Drake. Uh, he I still talked to him when I was in high school. I know he recruited me for a little bit at Drake, but we we have a good relationship. And I know uh, him being there, and then Coach T A at De La Salle, him and him and Thorson are very tight. So I think just just having those two and then having Thorson back at Minnesota is something that's that's cool. And I finally get to work with him. I know we talked uh, when he got the assistant job that he's just excited to, to finally work with me. You know, when you look at the Gophers uh, at the time, um, you know, you're, you're the first 
commit to Ben Johnson and he hadn't, you know, had Thorson on staff yet. He hadn't had Jason Kemp on staff yet. They're still working on a third assistant. So what was that like to be that first recruit for not only, you know, a, a new head coach, but, you know, Ben Johnson, former Dallas all guy, and, and then a guy that's coming home and trying to start a program with uh, Minnesota guys. Yeah. It's, 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 it's ushering in a new era. And I think when I, when I committed to Ben, he told me I was the first person that is, that's two feet in on what he's doing and what he's going to do here at Minnesota. And that kind of stuck with me, you know, cause I was the first person who, who believed in him. And then the ball kind of just got rolling with uh, commits from Luke and EJ the next day. So I know, I know we're excited and just, just seeing the hometown guy, seeing Ben who was at De La Salle, who's at Minnesota come back. It's, it's cool to see. You get your playing career is a little bit similar to his and that he started at Northwestern and then did come back to Minnesota. Have you guys talked about that? The, you know, the, the process of returning home and, you know, switching schools and things like that. No, we actually haven't. But I mean, you know, when I get back to campus, I'm sure we'll we'll talk and we'll chat about that. Just no, just being a transfer, and you know, uh, it's not always smooth when you're a transfer. But I think with with coach, and he's been through it. He he knows what what to expect, and he can help me out through through my process and through my journey. It's a little different, though, right? For you, I'm pretty sure that uh, you know Ben had I think go for offer uh, out of high school. I don't know if you did or did not, or you considered the Gophers, but you know, this is a situation where, you know, who knows, right? I mean, maybe you would have stayed home um, out of high school if if you had a go for offer. And, and at the time, I mean, did you, were you recruited by them? I mean, how much did, would you con- have considered it the first time around? Yeah. So when I was, uh, when I was a junior and senior, I wasn't really recruited that much by the Gophers. Uh, I know Ben and Patino were at games. Obviously I was on D1 Minnesota. So there, there's a lot of talent there, but mostly I got a lot of mid-major looks and I kind of knew my place, but then these last two years at GW, I kind of was able to expand my game and work. And especially in quarantine, it, it helped me a lot. I mean, I lost weight. I developed more skill. And then coming into this year, I show what I can do. And I know I'm excited for the transition from the from the A-10 to the Big Ten. But I know it's a tough one. I know I still have a lot of work to do. I think uh, most guys would say they probably gained weight during quarantine and not lost it. <laughs> I know I did for sure. So, I mean, what was – how did you do that? I mean, what was uh, – just – diet or what was it yeah so when I got back home um that was the biggest thing I know coach Christian at GW he told me that he wanted to play me at a different position and the biggest thing for me was to to lose weight and to to slim down and just get cut and I think that's what what I did I think I motivated myself to change my diet I wasn't eating out because at GW it was a lot of there wasn't um traditional dining halls so it was a lot of eating out and I think once I got back home and I had my mom, she cooked meals for me. So she helped me out a lot. And then I actually trained with Ashley Draskowski. So she trains a lot of a lot of guys here in Minnesota. And she helped me a lot with my diet, with uh, with working out. She, so she just helped me stay consistent, tracking my meals. And I think that's uh, that's kind of where I took a step personally. How did that translate on the court? How did you how did you feel, you know, playing at a different spot, different, you know, slim down some and whatnot? Yeah, I just felt a lot better. You know, I feel like freshman year, I was relying a lot like my whole career, I've been I've been a shooter, right? But I feel like freshman year last year, I, I relied a lot on my shot. And I think this year, I kind of expanded my game because I felt quicker and I felt quicker on my feet, whether that's getting in the paint, whether that's getting a pull-up, whether that's creating for others, you know, whether it's running the floor. I just felt different out there, you know, with a, with a few pounds lost. Uh, it makes a whole world of difference. What are, what are you right now? I'm about 225, I want to say. So still, I still have work to do. You know, I feel like when I got to GW, I was 215, I want to say. And then obviously with, with COVID and then getting a concussion last year kind of hindered me. But coming back, um, coming back home, that's that was the main thing. It just 
getting back to the the best shape I can possibly be in. You know, some from from what we've heard from you know different coaches, different players, you know, the recruiting process and playing in Minnesota. Some you know some players who are from here and then play for the Gophers, they feel it's too much pressure. They don't want to do it. They want to get away. Some people thrive on that kind of not necessarily all eyes on me, but you know, when you're playing in, in, when you played at De La Salle and then you're going to play for the Gophers, there's probably gonna be more people that know you than if you were, you know, just, you know, at George Washington, for example, you were, you were kind of a, a new person there. How, how do you feel you will potentially kind of handle the idea of, Hey, I'm, I'm the hometown player now playing for the hometown school. Yeah, obviously there's going to be a lot of eyes on me being from, from Minnesota. I mean, I live what, 10 minutes from here, living in Robbinsdale. So I think there's, there's, added pressure yes but i think it's just how people handle the pressure you know uh you can't let that pressure get to you just because people are watching you just because you're you're from the state uh, i know i want to make the state proud and i think it's it's something that i look forward to but i think when, with the added pressure uh you can't let that pressure affect you and i think that's what that's what i'm gonna gonna go in and look at this year you know i just people are gonna be watching and people are gonna say things people are gonna say this say that but you can't let that get to you just got to go out and play how you play every day and you're not the only Minnesotan, right, coming back. Um, you know, obviously, Parker Fox, Sean Sutherland, um, you know, there's guys, uh, you know, like Booth Gotch still on the team. So when you think about that, I mean, what, when you saw the guys from Minnesota, you know, joining you, uh, first of all, do you know them? And then how did that feel? Yeah, so I've known Parker a while and I've known uh, Sean. I just was talking to him. So I started to talk to him. But I think it's, a, it's an exciting era. I know Booth for a little bit played D1 Minnesota, uh, but – I know we're, we're all excited and it's something that it's kind of like a new era, you know, I mean, there's been Minnesota guys, but I don't think there's been this many in a while. Right. So I think it's a, it's going to be cool to see just because the connectivity you have in the state and being from Minnesota and representing the state. I mean, Minnesota's across your chest. So you, you, you have that feeling of representing a lot. Yeah. I know the portal is crazy. I mean, I know coaches are obviously following it like every day, new names they're in, new names come out. Um, there are a lot of gopher players in the portal, um, you know, guys who could have been your teammates. You know, I know we, we chatted real quick when Gabe ended up leaving and you're, you know, he's a fellow De La Salle guy. I mean, he had his own, reasons, you know, wanted a fresh start, but did you chat with him a little bit, like when you committed and then after he left just to see kind of where his, his mind was at? Yeah, I chatted with him before, before I committed, I told him I was probably going to come and I know he was, he was excited for me, but at that point I just didn't know he was transferring, but I mean, I got, you got to understand people's situation. If he wanted a fresh start, he wanted a fresh start. So I have nothing but respect for Gabe. He's, he's helped me a lot. I remember junior year when I came to do the Sally helped me a lot. And he literally put the team on his back against Orono. I think that's one of the highlights of my high school career playing in that game. So I have nothing but respect for Gabe and he's, he's a great guy. He's a great character. So I'm, I'm excited for him to see what he does at Iowa state. And obviously you had a relationship with Liam as well from a mutual friend. And I think it was probably, was it Sam? Yep. So, yeah, I've known Liam, like, because ever since he came to Minnesota, we've been uh, hanging out. So, but I know, same thing, you know, I like Liam a lot. He's a good dude, and we we talk. So I'm excited for him just to see what he does because he's improved every year he's played, right? So it, it's cool to see these transitions that players have. Yeah, Sam, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, your mutual friend, you know, would have loved to play with Liam. He's not there. Are you looking in the portal now to see <laughs> help the Gophers out, maybe help recruit a big man there? I mean, there's there's still more to be added pieces to this team, right? To to kind of you know fill the roster and 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 be competitive and hopefully make the tournament next year. 
Yeah, for sure. I know that the portal, like you said, the portal is crazy. There's a lot of guys in there. So there's there's going to be someone who's obviously going to come in. I know there's guys that they're looking at and I'm excited just to see what happens, see how this thing plays out. The portal obviously is, like you talked about, a big deal. Another another thing that's kind of been percolating in college sports that I thought I might ask you about as long as you're here is the you know, the idea of you know the name, name, image, and likeness, being able to sell that as a college athlete. And that's still kind of being talked about at this point you saw like what Jalen Suggs like sold his NFT right right when he came out Mm -hmm. right when he turned pro what what would that mean to you and and how much have you like read up on that talk how much does that get talked about among among you know your peer group and your your, the elite athlete group it's actually pretty funny that you bring that up so I'm actually in a a sports management class at GW and finishing it out and that was our final project talking about name image and likeness so what a lot of people don't understand about name image and likeness it's not like the schools are actually paying you, right? So you can actually go in, talk with businesses, talk with shoe companies, talk talk with people who are outside, right? And sign endorsements. So I think that's something that I would like to see, you know? I mean, as a college athlete, there's not a lot of time for me to make extra money outside of sports. You know, you're in sports all all day. You're, you're doing classwork all day. So if you can promote your name, image, and likeness, it's something that'll, I think it'll transform um, college athletes. You know, it's it's not like, you're actually getting paid by the university. That's what a lot of people don't understand. And that's kind of what I saw with other people's projects in this class. But I think it's a, it's a very good avenue for, for college athletes to make money. Like, like you see Geo Baker, you see Isaiah Livers, you see Jordan Bohan and what they did, uh, not NCAA property. You know, they, they, were, they were very adamant about uh, promoting the name, image, and likeness just because it's, it's, it's a way for college athletes to promote themselves and it's a way to expand your brand. And I think that's the biggest thing, using your platform to... to express what you believe in i think um you know obviously the nca is trying to work uh toward um you know name image and likeness there's a lot of roadblocks there you know one thing uh, they did you know hopefully to, to to give more to the student athlete is the one-time transfer rule which will come into effect here soon and really will help you get on the floor right away so when you saw that happen i mean is that one thing you know like i said towards giving the athlete you know more opportunities yeah, I think so. I think they're leaning towards uh, just just listening to the athletes. You know, I think the I, I mean, the NCAA has a lot of power and the athletes don't have too much power, but they have a say in some things. But I think if you if you give the athletes a say in, in, in different things, it, it's going to help make the NCAA a better organization. I saw on your George Washington profile that uh, you play this. You, do you still play the saxophone? It's one of your hobbies was playing the saxophone. Is that yeah, accurate so, um, still? I haven't played. So I actually played from fifth grade to 10th grade. So once I transferred to De La Salle, I wasn't in the band anymore. But I mean, I could pick up a saxophone right now and just just start playing. But it's something that my mom introduced me very early. So I played the piano before I was in the band in school. And it's something that that I've learned to do just because um, you don't want to be one one dimensional. You want to be you want to be able to do other things. And I think music is something to me that is that's very cool. I mean, playing the piano, I wasn't the best, but then saxophone. I practiced a lot, like through fifth through seventh grade, I wasn't the best. And then I started to pick it up. And then I actually transitioned from the alto sax to the baritone saxophone in the, in the band at Benilde. But it's, it's fun. You know, I like, I like playing instruments um, and doing other things outside of basketball, you know, what else outside of basketball? Give give me a, give me a taste of uh, what, what your life is like aside from that. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously a lot of kids my age play video games. That's one thing. I mean, me and my friends from high school, me and friends from college, we play video games a lot. And another thing I, lo- I love to do is golf. You know, I've started to, to pick up golf more just because a couple of years ago, my clubs didn't really fit me because I had a growth spurt. But then I got fitted for golf clubs last summer. And it's it's just it's just a fun game, you know, like watching the Masters, seeing all that. 
it, it, it's cool to watch. And I mean, hopefully weather permits, cause I was just in Maryland with golf with my friends, but weather permits, so I can get out here in, uh, in Minnesota and just golf soon, you know? I had to ask Ren back to that uh, instrument question. So I know he was a, a AAU teammate uh, with Zeke, who was at Arizona, and he was playing the piano for the national anthem. So can we can we uh, break the news here uh, that you're going to be doing some saxophone, uh, you know, national anthem, maybe something like that? <laughs> maybe, maybe it's been it's been a few years since I've played. I know GW they had me play a little Christmas song for. Uh, for a little video, but it's been a while, you know, I mean, maybe a little rusty, but uh, if you give me some time to practice, maybe we'll see. All right. Well, you know, when you look at the, um, obviously the AAU scene in Minnesota, um, you play for one of the best uh, AAU teams in D1 Minnesota. There's Howard Pulley, you know, there's Sizzle with Chet Holmgren and Jalen Suggs. I mean, the state of Minnesota is producing a lot of high school talent, Um, you know, moving forward, you guys are coming in as transfers, Booth Gotch, you know, he's a transfer, you know, how excited would you see, would you like to see soon, you know, a high school kid just commit to the Gophers, you know, based on Ben Johnson, the excitement of the, the, the Gopher basketball right now. And also, you know, hopefully when you guys get on the court and, and they see you play. Yeah, for sure. I know like Minnesota's, is, there's a lot of talent in Minnesota. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. Like you look at my team, you look at what David Roddy's done and you look at what Matt Hurt's doing, Tyler Wall, Tyrell Terry, you see what these guys are doing, even Zeke, right? Zeke's getting significant minutes on the Nuggets, right? And you see all these guys who are producing and they're from Minnesota. And to see someone like that produce at the University of Minnesota would be cool to see, right? And then that just kind of gets the ball rolling, gets it started for, for younger guys to realize, oh, like it's always been my dream to play for the Gophers. And if I have the opportunity, I would take it in a heartbeat. You know, and I think that's kind of what we what we want to do, what we what we want to start. Have you been able to talk to Mir Coffee or Daniel Tour at all? I mean, guys that, that play for the Gophers or you want to maybe pick their brain in the future? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in the future. Yeah, I haven't really talked to them now, but I think just how involved they are with the University of Minnesota. And I know how much they love Coach Ben. Uh, I know they're they're great resources to go out and talk to. So I'm, I'm excited. I was going to ask um, a couple more things for you, then we'll let you go. Really enjoying talking to uh, Marcus Fuller here and Jamison Battle uh, on Daily Delivery, one of the newest members of the Gophers men's basketball team. You know, we've I've had both uh, Ben Johnson and Dave Thorson on the podcast in the last you know month or so since Ben was hired. You know, recruiting's been a big subject of that, and you know, Marcus asked you just a minute ago, you know, about getting other Minnesota kids in here. I, I'd like to kind of ask you from the other direction when you were being recruited out of particularly out of high school, what as, and as an athlete getting recruited, what stands out to you from a school that is recruiting you? What, what makes a school good at recruiting you? Yeah. I think the biggest thing, even, even this time being the transfer portal is just how genuine the coaches are, how genuine people are. And I think you, you got to look at different aspects. Uh, you got to look at the coaches, you got to look at the players, you got to look at the style of play. You got to look at the school. And I think if you look at all those things and you know, it's a, it's a good fit. Um, you, you might as well pull the trigger just because you, you know, in your heart and you know, in your own eyes, what, what's best for you. Right. So if you know that they, they have, oh, they have this, they have that, these coaches, they're great. You know, if you, if you feel all those things, it's just something that you, you know, you know, it's time is right to commit. Jameson, um, you know, obviously this week has been, um, you know, really tough week on, on, you know, the entire country and the world. Um, and then, you know, the, the Chauvin trial, um, you know, the verdict, um, you know, you're a Minneapolis native, um, you know, hopefully you, um, you can share your thoughts with us on just, you know, what you as a Minneapolis native, 
um, you know, have thoughts moving forward, you know, on the movement. And, and of course, you know, you know, being a, a student athlete and someone that's going to be out and about and, and, you know, in, in the city. And then how do you feel? Yeah, I feel, I mean, it, it's just a sense of relief. When I was watching the the verdict, I just felt, felt a sense of relief, but I'm not like, I'm not going to be satisfied with this because there's, there's so much more that, that needs to be done. So much reform that needs to be done. I mean, you see what happened in Brooklyn center. That's literally down, down a hundred for me. Right. So there's a lot of things that are go- things that are going on in today's world that, that need to change. And I think this is, this is a start. It's the first time if ever in Minnesota in a while, right. That a police officer has been put in jail for, for killing someone, especially killing a black male. Right. So I think it's, it's something that is a start. Right. I remember being in, being in a, last summer being in Minnesota and being in Minneapolis just to go down over by cut foods and just to see what, what had happened and just to see all the people gathering around and all the people who are unified in the same movement, trying to make a difference, trying to, to preach that this isn't the way for us to live. We want to live in unity. And I think this, like I said, it's just the start of something big. You know, I think it's, it's the start of something. And I think me and other athletes using our platform, I mean, that's the biggest thing. Right. You see LeBron James, he's using his platform. You see other guys using their platform and it's just showing that we're more than athletes. And I think that's a big thing. People, uh, people look at athletes and like, why are they talking? Why are they talking about this when they don't, they probably don't even know. But in reality, a lot of people know what's going on. And a lot of people have opinions and have views on what's going on and they want to make a difference and they want to help. And I think that's what you have to do. I think that's personally what I have to do. Just being from Minnesota, being from Minneapolis, the Minneapolis area is just to, to make a difference and to, to make sure my voice is heard. Well said, Jameson. Really enjoyed chatting with both of you guys, Marcus, Jameson Battle, uh, newest member of Gophers men's basketball team. Let's, let's do this again at some point. Enjoy the, uh, enjoy the off season and uh, good luck. Uh, good luck going forward. All right, Jameson. Thank you. appreciate it. Thanks, Jameson. Good stuff there from Jameson Battle. Let's not forget, he averaged 17 points and five rebounds, shot uh, 47, 48% with George Washington last season. This is a guy that's going to help them right away. Um, Like he said, it's a transition from Atlantic 10 to Big 10, but uh, this is a guy with some definite skills that could help them right away next season. When you hear that sound, it's because I feel like a trade machine. Bill Barnwell, ESPN writer, did a NFL mock draft that had all 32 teams trading as part of the first round. thought it was interesting. It's just more of a thought exercise than anything. You're not going to see 32 teams make a trade. But he had a trade with the Vikings that I thought was somewhat interesting. The Cowboys get the Vikings' number 14 overall pick and Daniil Hunter. The Vikings get... The Cowboys' 10th overall pick plus their second-round pick and their fourth-round pick. So essentially, it's a pick swap to move up four places plus the Vikings pick up um, a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick, and they deal out Daniil Hunter. Well, I can tell you uh, one thing this proves is that uh, Mike Zimmer is not uh, – Bill Barnwell is not Mike Zimmer's uh, pseudonym. He would I don't think Mike Zimmer would love this trade because you're getting rid of – you know your best pass rusher. Would you then turn around and tr- and draft a pass rusher tenth overall? Maybe you could see that maybe being ma- something that materializes. And then maybe taking another offensive lineman uh, with that accumulated second round pick. It's a reasonably high second round pick, forty fourth overall, um, and then picking up another fourth round pick that gives you some equity. They've already got a lot of third and fourth round picks that might allow you to get another second round pick somewhere in there. So it makes a little bit of sense from that standpoint. Hard to imagine 
in, you know, unless this relationship between the Vikings and Daniil Hunter is, you know, beyond, you know, beyond repair, you know, if, if really we're talking about wanting to be the highest paid player, being in that conversation, the Vikings are like, yeah, not, not so much. If, if there's something going on there behind the scenes that we don't, you know, that we're not 100% privy to, then maybe this makes a little bit more sense. But as it stands right now, the Vikings did not have a very good pass rush last year. And a lot of that was because Daniel Hunter was out with that neck injury. You know, so if you're if you're confident that he's going to come back healthy, you think he's a big part of your defense. And in going into a year where you're kind of geared up to win now, is that really a move that you are going to make? One interesting one that Barnwell also had was he had the Vikings, you know, this is if they were at their number 14 spot. The other one was the one he was thinking about from the Cowboys' perspective at number 10. At number 14, he had the Vikings trading their their first their first round pick, 14th overall, and their 2022 fourth round pick to the Steelers for a lower first round pick this year, 24th overall, and their first round pick next season. Logic being, if uh, if they want to get ahead of the Patriots, if there's something that they like there, uh, maybe one of the quarterbacks has fallen and Pittsburgh wants to jump up. That's something the Vikings could do: trade down, pick up a first-round pick next year that have a lot of value, um, drop ten spots this season. Maybe there's some logic to that. The other one that was interesting was right before the Vikings had the Chargers trading their first pick, you know, 13th overall, and their fourth-round pick this year for uh, Baltimore's first-round pick, which is lower, 27th overall, and or and offensive tackle Orlando Brown. Something like that for the Vikings would make a ton of sense. If you could trade your first-round pick, keep one, move down in the first round, and pick up an offensive tackle and only have to give up another fourth-round pick, sign me up for that because then you're solving your offensive tackle problem. You still have a first-round pick. Maybe you use that on a defensive lineman. Let's end with the cooler. Really quick plug if you were listening to this before 1 p.m. on Friday. I'll be joined by Jerry Zagoda from the Star Tribune, as long uh, as well as Bruce McGuire, super fan, Dark Clouds member for a long time uh, with Minnesota United, and players Will Trapp and Ethan Finley. We're going to be doing a live uh, Zoom event on uh, on StarTribune.com. Go to StarTribune.com for registration information, and you can watch that. You can submit questions, and we'll get to a whole bunch of stuff. That should be about 45 minutes in advance of Minnesota United's home opener on Saturday. Thanks for listening today. I'm Michael Rand, daily delivery all week long. Uh, download this podcast, subscribe to it if you would, and always, always, always read Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. We'll be back Monday. Tons of great stuff next week. A lot of NFL draft talk, some great guests lined up, and we will see you again next week.